If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Michigan Reimagined, a spotlight podcast. And here's your host, Chris Buck. So climate change has been studied, discussed, debated for decades now, but it's becoming more widely accepted as a time-sensitive and urgent call to action. Here to share what renewable natural gas is and how it can be part of the solution is a senior environmental scientist from Bar Engineering, Mr. Jason Linkamer. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Chris. Happy to be here. So listeners, you may be able to uh, go look in my uh, archives to find a conversation we had with Jason maybe a year, year and a half ago. And uh, there's a great discussion about this topic, and today we're going to kind of follow up on it and maybe get a bit of an update. So to kind of kick us off, talk a little bit about bar engineering as a whole. What, what type of company is it? What are all the disciplines that you that you serve? Sure thing, Chris. Thanks. And I appreciate being here today. Um, so bar engineering is a full service engineering and environmental consulting uh, company. We're employee owned, and that's a, a really important topic for us, which maybe we'll talk about that a little bit too. Um, but as I said, full service engineering and environmental. So every discipline of engineering uh, mechanical, civil, structural, electrical. Uh, and then on the environmental side, we do a lot of the permitting, compliance, investigation, remediation. Uh, we were founded in 1966 by Doug Barr, and we've been employee-owned ever since then. Huh. So now what does employee-owned actually mean from a mechanic standpoint, and, and why does that maybe uh, serve as a competitive advantage or make it a cooler place to work? Yeah, sure thing. It's at our core. Uh, employee ownership means that we all take ownership of every commitment that we make, and at the end of the day, uh, if our company is successful, we are successful as individuals. Um, we have a no retained earnings policy at our company. So at the end of the year, if the company does well and we've got profit, all that profit goes back out to our employee owners. And the ownership model is very, very broad. There's not a single individual that owns more than 1% of the company. So I'm an owner. Everybody that works at Bar for at least one year becomes eligible for the employee stock ownership uh, program. Huh. And that's kind of just baked into your compensation that there's like an annual instead of an annual bonus based on some CEOs and CFO probably's uh, budgeting. Right. This is really a true everyone's got their own kind of percentage or share or whatever. And it gets distributed based on performance as well as your role within the company. Right. right. So, yes, uh, I've been at bar for nearly 18 years now and when we think about our total compensation package, it's our salaries, but it's also the employee stock ownership program that provides dividends on the stocks that we own. Yep. It's an internal stock program. 
And then at the end of the year, those profits are also distributed. So a cash bonus program. Right on. Yeah. Fantastic. And so the, the, the competitive advantage is that everyone just kind of has a skin in the game and operates at a higher level of kind of client satisfaction and exactly. performance and speed. And you don't have people just kind of wandering exactly. as a disengaged employee. It, t- it tends to root people in a little deeper. Yeah. People really dive in and, and um, you know, we're passionate about the work that we're doing. And right. so when you're passionate about the technical topic, but you're also kind of relying on your colleagues to, to perform well, right? it kind of unites us. It uh, creates a very strong team environment. And, uh, you know, we've got about a thousand people in our company now. Wow. We've got offices across North America. Uh, here in Michigan, we've got one in Ann Arbor and one in Grand Rapids. Okay. And uh, yeah, a lot of successful uh, growth in the past few years and excited. So what's your discipline? How did you get into this? So I went to school at Indiana University through the School of Public and Environmental Affairs. I have a degree in environmental management. And at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I was studying uh, environmental law at the time as well as the science. So it was the mix between science and policy. Um, started my career climbing smokestacks, testing air <laughs> emissions. Wow. Okay. Uh, that was interesting. I did that for about a year. And uh, my company actually still has a uh, stack testing group. Um, I'm, I'm not doing that part of it anymore. I right. kind of transitioned more into the consulting, environmental permitting, compliance. Um, I'm really intrigued by the natural world, by natural resources, how we develop them, how we process them, and uh, sometimes have to restore them as well. But I'm also intrigued by business. And so this is a great intersection of the environmental world as well as the business world. Got it. Okay. So renewable natural gas. I mean, clearly, you know, when we talk about getting away from fossil fuel, I mean, I'm going to be crude about this because this is not my discipline. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, coal and fossil fuels in general and trying to go electric and solar and wind and electric vehicles and all that kind of stuff. What is renewable natural gas? And is it fair to put that as a kind of part of the solution to getting away from what we've been doing to fixing the things that are wrong with our environment? Yeah. So renewable natural gas, it is um, basically recovering the methane from organic material as it breaks down. So if you uh, think about um, food scraps, um, wastewater treatment facilities, landfills, uh, manure from farms, agricultural waste, that is all organic material. And we oftentimes think of that as waste. Well, waste means that there's no uh, additional purpose for it. Well, all of these materials are organic material and they break down and there's energy associated with that. And so as methane is released, that typically in the past has just been going straight to the environment. Methane is a very potent greenhouse gas pollutant when it's emitted directly to the atmosphere. And so what RNG projects are doing is essentially capturing that methane and methane is the primary constituent. It is the constituent of fossil natural gas. Right. Okay. And so if we're able to recognize the human activities that are creating, um, and I, I don't like to use it as waste. I call it a, a resource. I, okay. I think it's, yep. it's a recoverable resource. And that's kind of a shift that is happening right now. I think that a lot of um, governments, a lot of industry uh, <clears throat> are recognizing that we can repurpose the things that we have traditionally just been getting rid of. Um, And so in the mix of the energy balance, I think that we are in a tremendous transition period right now. 
but there is no silver bullet that's going to co- you know create a solution overnight. Right. Um, it's a bunch of things all happening at the same time. Exactly. And so I look at um, RNG as a piece of the puzzle. It's um, growing in, I guess, popularity um, because people are starting to understand that we have a lot of waste. We have a lot of organic material <clears throat> that can be repurposed. And so I think it's part of the energy balance. It's not going to completely offset traditional fossil natural gas. It's not going to offset coal completely. But it is part of the mix, and it's an important part because we are decarbonizing our energy by doing that. So when you use methane that has been recovered from organic material, you're getting the benefit of capturing it so that methane is not going directly to the atmosphere. Yep. But then when you actually utilize that, it's converting methane. So when that is combusted, it's it's converting that into CO2. Now, CO2 is also a greenhouse gas pollutant, but is much less potent in the environment. And so we are recognizing a very reduced impact by doing that. Now, there's also the thought of electrification and, you know, transitioning to that, but that is not possible overnight. And so RNG is part of this near-term solution because it's available right now. The technology to convert organic material into energy is happening right now. And to use my science hat, so that's like a double whammy. I mean, so it's 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 so using RNG, <clears throat> if that, that is even the right way to put it. So you're you're preventing this material that exists anyway exactly. from doing something bad. Yep. And turning it into doing something good, and it already exists. We need energy, right? right. I mean, yeah, nobody yeah. wants to stop <clears throat> driving their cars. Nobody wants to stop using their heat at their home or powering different uh, applications. And so we need to figure out how to do that with less impact. So using, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so using that methane, it, converting that into energy, what are the practical, easiest d- places that can be used? I mean, I'm probably not going to pump methane into my car, right? And, well, I mean, actually. Okay. So right now, the majority of RNG is being used in the transportation sector. Really? Yes. So when you recover the, the gas yep. coming from these different organic sources, it can be compressed or it can be turned into liquefied natural gas. There are vehicles, fleet vehicles primarily, right. that are running on natural gas. That's so the okay. primary. And I've seen that. So yeah. uh, usually they're advertising that they're doing it. Because exactly. Yeah. Okay. If you think about, um, you know, large fleet vehicles, whether <clears throat> they are waste companies or I'll say companies like UPS, they've been, uh, you know, investing in RNG because converting a diesel vehicle to run on natural gas is fairly simple. Huh. Now, I, I, I'm not an automotive uh, right, <laughs> engineer, right. but my understanding is the conversion of a diesel vehicle to natural gas vehicle is much easier than having to buy a whole new vehicle that is electrified. Okay. Uh, and so there are fleets that are converting from diesel to, um, I'll call it renewable natural gas, compressed natural gas. And so, um, the reason why that is where the majority of RNG is being used is because of legislative activity. So the federal uh, renewable fuel standard um, incentivizes low carbon uh, fuels, as well as state-run low carbon fuel standards. And I'll point to the California one because that is the most mature. That's where the majority of the gas is being diverted is into the transportation sector because there's a recognized need to lower the impact from our transportation-related emissions. 
flip side of that is RNG, just like fossil natural gas, can be used for thermal applications. It can be used in our appliances. Anywhere where you're using natural gas right now, RNG can offset that. Got it. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you talk about all the places that this methane is is being naturally produced, right? Yep. So what's the best and fastest way to harness that? I, I've heard about landfills, right? Because yep. you've that you know. In fact, when you drive by landfills, first of all, you can smell it. Yeah. Um, even if you're passing it on the freeway, there's that like th- two miles of here it comes, there it is, and there it goes. Um, but in a lot of cases, you see a stack, sure. you know, with the the flame coming out of the top. Is yep, that then naturally burning it because you can't just it, it won't it just doesn't go on its own or sure. is that an environmental preventative thing if we burn it it's better than it storing up and explode i, mean, I don't know anything about it but yeah is that, tell me about that yeah so landfills um typically there is a gas collection system at a landfill okay. and historically when that gas collection system was put in place it was to capture the methane that was coming off and before that there was a recognized need or desire to utilize that energy source yep it was just flared it, it was burned off. Um, and then I don't know exactly what year it started happening, but a lot of these large landfills were capturing that gas and recognizing, well, geez, we could you know, use this to create energy. And then the federal renewable portfolio standards are actually the state implemented renewable portfolio standards, which impacts um, power generation. So like utilities there were incentives to recognize, hey, we can offset some of our traditional fossil natural gas with this gas that's coming off of the landfills because it can be used to generate electricity right there at the right there at the landfill. So landfills is is one thing. Um, and and what has happened through the past, I'd say, 10 years is a recognition that we can not only capture it at landfills and instead of burning it in either generators or turbines, um, we can condition it, clean it up to remove the other constituents that we don't really want to use, um, can't really put into our natural gas pipelines. So CO2, hydrogen sulfide, <coughs> condensation, strip all of that stuff out, and then you end up with nearly pure methane, and that can be injected into the interstate natural gas pipelines and used. Hmm. Other sources, so let's say like a, a dairy farm, right. very common here in Michigan. Yeah. So how do you harness that? Right. So dairy cows are typically in a, uh, in a building. And, um, so they're, they're, uh, basically capturing the manure, um, in a system that allows it to be essentially scraped and processed. And that gets put into an anaerobic digester. An anaerobic digester is essentially a large container absent of oxygen. That's what anaerobic means. Okay. So in an anaerobic condition, organic material will break, uh, will break down and methane is generated. That methane is captured in that anaerobic digester as well as the other constituents like CO2 and H2S, uh, hydrogen sulfide. And those things are basically removed from the gas stream. So oftentimes what you'll see is you'll still have a flare either at a landfill or at a uh, facility that is processing the manure. But what that flare is doing is burning off the stuff that we don't want other stuff yeah yeah okay i get it and then the pure methane is then captured and it can either be injected into a pipeline if you are adjacent to a pipeline with an interconnect right there otherwise it can be compressed and put into tanker trucks 
and then it can be moved wherever it needs to be, whether that's uh, to an interconnection point on a pipeline or taken to an industrial facility for use as natural gas. Uh, so there are a lot of different applications. So it seems like setting up a system like that certainly is more efficient if it's a massive right. you know, thing, right? So right. is it effective to... That's probably too far in the weeds to even try to discuss here, but to, to, to set that up in like every dairy farm. Now, granted, not all dairy farms are the same, right? You've got Correct. a guy who's got 100 head of cattle and a guy who's got 30,000 head of cattle. You're exactly. clearly going to want to go to the 30,000 head of cattle guy first, right? Exactly. But is, is it is, I guess the punchline is, why am I not hearing anything about RNG with the amount of attention that I pay towards climate change and electrification of vehicles and solar and wind and some of those things. Is there, is it contentious? Are there people, is there a downside? Like, you know, you, you read, I mean, shoot, you right. read a post about something that Tesla or Rivian or someone, you know, these electric cars that are coming out and, and from the big three, certainly. Um, and immediately the, 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 the social media comments are, right. it's all crap. And and this isn't the path we should be going down and it's right. a waste of time. Is there that kind of naysayer audience in RNG? Um, so the idea of RNG should not be contentious because as I said at the beginning, it's, yeah, it's already there. we're capturing <clears throat> existing emissions of methane that are creating a, a climate change issue. And right. so we're capturing that and repurposing it. So with that as the the backdrop, there are people that are opposed to it. And in my mind, that's more of uh, disagreements about societal issues as far as large factory farms or a desire for a different type of energy source. Um, But as I said also towards the beginning, I think that we need a diversified mix of energy. Right. And decarbonizing our existing system, RNG is a great way to do it right now like it's available today the electrification um is going to take some time yeah right and you know there are naysayers on that there are naysayers about fossil fuel i'm i'm open (laughs) me personally um and and the way that i i think that uh the uh rng uh market is developing is we know that it's not the silver bullet we know that it's not going to save the planet just by doing rng Right. But it is a very impactful uh, thing that we can be doing right now to start reducing that impact. Well, I know we're a little bit over on time, but I have two final questions before right. we wrap up. So what I mean, you're bar engineering, but clearly RNG is a thing that is global. Right. I would imagine there are scientists like you in you know Sweden and China and India that are aware that this is a, a thing. Yep. What do you collectively need to do this more? <laughs> yeah. If that's a, a blunt way to put it. I think that uh, one big thing is education. Um, I will say that RNG is um, a lot further along now than it was five or ten years ago, and that is because of awareness, education, advocacy, and that's part of what I do. So we are working on RNG projects, like the technical aspects on the engineering and environmental side, but I'm also participating in national dialogue about how do we continue to enhance and uh, improve the knowledge of what RNG is. Don't make it scary. Right. You know, break it down to the simple things. Um, you know, one, one creative way that I've thought of is here in Michigan, we love beer, craft beer. Right, yep. Well, if you and think about craft beer, craft spirits, all the spent grains, that's organic material. And right now, that material is being shipped 
to different places to basically be disposed of as waste. Well, let's not recognize it as waste. Let's recognize that as a resource so we can create this circular economy. Right. Put it all in one place. Yeah. Put that unit, make it the 30,000 head of cattle, dairy plant, but put all that waste in one spot. Yeah. So are there, are there utility companies that are, that would be the people that would kind of orchestrate all of that? Or are there entrepreneurs that just say, Hey, I'm a private guy with some capital. I'll invest and kind of create that spent grain site and pay to get the thing set up and then make the money off of selling the utility. I mean, how does that work? It it is a mix. Uh, Okay. There are a lot of participants in this market and it continues to grow day by day. Um, I would say every energy company on the planet is paying attention to RNG. Got it. They are investing in it. Um, You know, I don't know. I pay attention to it a lot closer than sure, sure. You know, some of the other folks. But on a daily basis, I'm reading about acquisitions and people investing in RNG because they're becoming aware of just the immediate impact that it can have on decarbonization goals. Right. Okay. How would people get in touch with Bar Engineering if they wanted to learn more? Sure. Uh, www.bar.com. Uh, B-A-R-R. B-A-R-R. Okay. Uh, Bar Engineering Company is the the full name. We're also on all the social media stuff. Okay. Uh, You can find us on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Right on. And then are there any publications that that are not maybe Bar written that people could go to or blogs or places that that you would say are credible sources to learn more in this particular space? Yeah, I would make a plug for the RNG Coalition. They okay. are the uh, the industry standard. Uh, that's where basically all the participants in this market are gathering, and they provide very comprehensive information about RNG. Got it. We've been talking to Jason Linkamer, a senior environmental scientist from Bar Engineering. Thank you so much for joining. I, Thanks, I love Chris. this topic. We could go on for days. I know. I agree. Have a good one. Thanks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.